Welcome to the Elder Scrolls Legends podcast, your source for the thoughts and views of the top players and content creators. Here is your host, Jim Class Hero. And hello, welcome to the Elder Scrolls Legends podcast. I'm your host, Jim Class Hero. Joining me today are Pie by Pie and Snacksy Man. Uh, Pie, it's not like a machine gun was going off in your uh, mic. Uh, a machine gun? There is some rattling. Or am I the only one hearing that? Alright, looks like it's okay now. But alright. So joining me today are Snacks Man and Pie by Pie. Two of what like, wow. Alright. <laughs> you want me to take the batteries out of the clock? <laughs> no, no, I, I don't hear it anymore though. That's the thing. There's like a machine gun sound. I swear it's like da 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 I'm like, oh my goodness, what is this? There is like a what are you like opening bubble wrap? That may be a mobile phone lying on the cable. Uh. Yeah. There's a mobile phone elsewhere. <laughs> All right. So it looks. I. It's looking like we're okay now. I think. <laughs> All right. So, machine gun has been put away. She's. <laughs> she, she put. She put the safety on. I guess. So we're. We're good to talk. <laughs> All right. Let me know, and I'll change it to push to talk. Okay. Alright, well, I don't hear the machine gun anymore, so <laughs> we're all safe for now. She put it away. You took the uh, like the chamber out of it. We're good. Alright, but seriously, today's pie has is about... <laughs> it's fine. Salt, relaxing, and motivations. So I guess to kind of... I should probably introduce my host. I get to check out the machine gun. <laughs> my first guest is... Lady with the gun, pie by pie. How's it going today, pie? Super, all right. Super sorry. Yeah. Super <laughs> sorry about the whole time zone and then your hour. I didn't realize it was daylight savings time for you. Well, you know, I totally forgot that we were having that thing too, and don't even get me started on it because <laughs> okay. it's a waste, a waste of time. Huh? Um, yeah. So I like didn't realize. I'm, like, getting ready to go to bed, and I'm, like, wait, it's midnight. Am I not supposed to be on a podcast right now? And I'm, like, is this thing on? <laughs> and then and then Link comes in, like, 20 minutes later, like, oh, I think you are a victim of daylight savings time. <laughs> and I'm, like, oh, damn. Feels bad, man. Feels tired, man, huh? <laughs> yeah. And I was, like, oh, no, but I'm supposed to go to this thing tomorrow. And then I remembered... So um, in, in New South Wales, which is the state that I'm from in Australia, uh, we have a public holiday tomorrow. And so everything I was supposed to do on Monday is no longer on. Oh, so I can afford to be tired and oversleep, except I have a dog that's totally going to wake me up in four hours. <laughs> feel and bad. that is the answer to how I am. Continue. <laughs> All right. <laughs> My next guest is Snacksy Man. Hey there. How's it going, man? How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Thanks for having me over. Absolutely. Thanks for coming out. I know it's a midnight for Pi and like 4 p.m. for you and 10 a.m. for me, so that's yeah. kind of neat. I always find the time zone so interesting that we're all sitting here. Yet. You always get a split that is so disparate. Um, yeah, you know, I had, you know, I think the worst was, um, actually, Atronach, Atronach, and Al, 
Because Al's in, I believe, England, and Atrox's in Korea. So the time zones are just a warp really bad. Uh, like, no. That's like, that's night is day and day is night. Yeah, and I'm somewhere in the middle, like, like I'm like gym class hero, master of time. I can, like, talk to somebody from the future. Because right now, it's it's uh, it's actually Monday for Pi, right? Yes. So I'm actually talking to somebody in the future. Two people from the future, actually, Pi by Pi and Snacksy Man. It's only 10 here, but it's, like, the following day for Pi, and halfway through the day for Snacksy. So, boom. I'm like a time sorcerer. It's pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, I was hopping to, I guess I'll hop into the first part. I think dealing with salt and relaxing, right? So, salt. Dealing with the ladder. Ladder can be, like, one of the most, how do I put this, daunting thing? No. It's frustrating things, stressful things, confusing things, weirding things. It can really kick you in the nuts, man. Like, honestly, playing like ladder. If you when riding ladder, or at least attempting to, it's like it gets to you sometimes. I think you get those days where you win a lot and you don't realize. You get those days when you lose a lot. I don't think you realize it bounces out. You know, like those days when you just when variance is on your side, you forget those days. But I know when it's not on my side. I can remember those days when it's like. Jeez, I'm just drawing all my top in the beginning. And, you know, you adjust it, and then you switch, and then you have that, I guess, that phenomenon everyone's experienced. When you switch decks, and now the decks you're facing suddenly changed. <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of yeah. crazy. <laughs> exactly, you guys, you guys get it, like... It's rigged. <laughs> <laughs> they know. They know when you change decks. <laughs> and they're like, hey, you know that counter? I've got it. <laughs> exactly. And it's so weird because it's like, it's not just me. Like, I've talked to people. They've all felt this. <laughs> They're all like, yeah, dude. Um, and you hear this and you're so, it's so weird that multiple people like, <laughs> like me and have that. It's like, yeah, I went from control. It wasn't working. And then I switched over to an aggro deck. That's all the only I faced was control decks. And it's like, jeez, <laughs> what happened? <laughs> How is this happening? Or you go to control and suddenly all you do is face ramp decks. Like you actually, you won't see like a ramp spell sword all day until you switch to control mage. Then you'll face like mm. four, <laughs> and that can get pretty haunting. Oh, thank you for that follow. I disable my. <laughs> exactly, you do all the grinding to legend for 150 soul jumps. <laughs> so I put that in chat. That's exactly what it feels like. I just grind it out for 150 soul gems. So. Was it worth it? Yes and no. <laughs> but it's just daunting. So how do I deal with salt? Honestly, I kind of just take a break <laughs> nowadays. Like, either switch games and switch back, or I go to casual and play... I don't want to say decks that don't have a win condition, but decks that the win condition feels... Like, Steal Your Secrets OTK was something I really, really started to enjoy. Uh, so I've been rambling for... Eight minutes straight, nice. Alright, so let me hand this off. I want this to be a little more open format than previous. I've gotten feedback actually from the community that it's a bit static and robotic. So if you two want to just chime in at any time whatsoever, please do. But for now, I'll hand it off to Pi. How do you deal with salts? Ladder salts. Um, I'm sure everyone knows I'm playing Legends less at the moment because I'm falling such a serious victim to salt. <laughs> Uh, I think the current meta that we're in is 
super prone to it as well. Like the only thing that is probably more prone to it is RNG land. Um, but like when you when you sit in a meta that is pretty much mostly aggro and um, ramp scout, like you because it's so polarized, the experience is also polarized. Yeah. So how do I actually deal with soul? I'd play something else. And I don't play another card game. I play something totally different, and I'm not plugging that here. Um, but part of the reason why I enjoy playing other games is because the win conditions are completely different. Like, I don't even have to worry about competing against another person. I'm, it's literally, like, my own build against a bunch of different um, sort of planned environments. So it's like... Really good AI. Okay, yeah. Absolutely. If that makes sense. I understand, yeah. I've been playing some AI games, actually. Almost. I actually was, like, going through my Steam library, so I should probably play these. I played money for all these games. And yeah. There's a few that I haven't touched yet. It's pretty bad. <laughs> Just look at them. Um, another thing I also found helpful is, um, like, even just learning a new game. Going back to your basics and sort of, like, checking yourself before you wreck yourself. Like, <laughs> do you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you remove, yeah. remove the environment where you think you should know best. Yeah. Okay. And you, you have, like, way less self-investment. Okay, well, I can agree with that. <laughs> I didn't even know Pi play Challenge uh, Legends anymore. I always see her weightlifting videos on the channel. On facts. Weightlifting? Who is weightlifting on my channel? So, Pi, are you trying to get jacked? Pi by Jack? Is it the, that's the new thing? I'm not even weightlifting. Who is weightlifting on my channel? Am I hosting <laughs> somebody weightlifting? Pi it's like Pi. Pi's getting fat on Pi. <laughs> what a coincidence. It goes full circle. That's pretty awesome. I'm also trying, since we're also talking, I'm also going to be trying to play a game while casting this. Just so it's not just, like, my, like, deck screen. I was also a complaint. Dressing them all. But, alright. <laughs> Weightlifting videos. <laughs> hey, did you, like, I know you, like, you did, like, some kind of, like, dancing or something? Do you mean, I, like, I live-streamed my last time playing VR today. At the con. Okay. What con like is that? It was a, um, so it's a convention in in Sydney. Well, it's in Australia, sorry. Called Oz Comic Con. It's of no affiliation to actual Comic Con, as in San Diego Comic Con, etc. Um, but it's like a really, really big... Well, their emphasis seems to be on cosplay, but they also do, you know, like they have guests and... They do lots of panels, and there's a large number of exhibitors trying to sell you excellent wares. <laughs> um, and I have never played VR, and I keep encountering people who are like, have you played VR? And I'm like, no, nope, sorry, can't comment. So I was like, this is a great opportunity for me to try playing VR for the first time. 
And I got, and my dad was with me and I wanted him to try and play it, but he decided that he didn't want to do it. So instead I said, here, dad, hold my phone and film me doing it. And if chat says something interesting, try to respond. (laughs) (laughs) Nicely done. Um, And I don't think he thought he was signing up for that. Okay. Cool, cool. Butter. So, Snacksy. Uh, Snacksy, man. You, you have a salt king. You have a salt emote, bro. What's up? How does Snacksy deal with salt? Yeah. Well, I simply don't deal with it. We're <laughs> 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 better dealing with salt. All right. Two people that watch my stream, they probably realize that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, currently... The game is just getting less fun for me due to what Pi already said as well. Like a lot of polarized matchups where you feel like it simply doesn't matter what you do, what you play. You're kind of losing the game just because of a matchup. It's like control match versus Ram Scout. It's not unwinnable, but at the same time, if you're not tryharding, why don't you just concede on turn three and just like take another game at the same time? That's I don't know. It just gets frustrating a little bit for me. At the risk yeah. of like dredging up a very old complaint, I feel like this game ladder seems to be the only like regularly accessible, slightly competitive area that we can be in. And to constantly be grinding that and not having a lot of variety to choose from. Okay, it's interesting. It's exhausting. Well, what do you think about the popper gauntlet? And what do you guys think about the popper gauntlet and them attempting to, you know... I loved it conceptually. Yeah, like... Conceptually, I think it was great. Mixing it up, like, you know, how would you guys feel about, like, a mono-colored gauntlet? You know, you'll think of the mono deck or neutral gauntlets. Or, I just... Mm-hmm. I, you have an idea, but, like, future gauntlets that deck-limiting, I should say. I think the next one that we're going to see is, uh, I'm not sure what the format is called, but it's going to be Cummins and Rares together. Oh. So we don't what have, like, a full... One? I unfortunately one. didn't get to uh, all commons. Wow. Yeah. Um, I thought, like, because I didn't get to participate because I've just been flat chat all weekend. I'm very sad about that because this is definitely something I would have been all, all keen on. Um, but I saw some feedback on Twitter saying, you know, like Popper Gauntlet was fine in theory, but in reality, your matchup was Ace March Crusader. Um, the thing was Ace March Crusader? Was that the point? I don't know. For me, the Popper Gauntlet was basically just. People trying to high roll each other the most, and they did that by playing word balls into shouts. It was just a battle of word balls into shouts for me. It was either a yellow deck trying to pull off Call of Layla as soon as possible and just overwhelm you, or it was a scout deck which just used the good old 7 7 charge drain giant bats to kill you. And this was basically my proper experience. Okay. Um, I didn't really play at all. I wasn't particularly interested. I think I think it's a good idea. Proper formats. I just didn't find it interesting to me. 
I was just like, yeah, you guys should totally do this. Um, but personally, why fair said popper got popper event equals pack as many prophecies. Um, I really wish people who played this game would actually utilize the test legends hashtag, guys. Test legends is a hashtag on Twitter. Please use it. Listen, I'm pretty bad at Twitter to begin with. Like, I think I tweeted this. I'm not 100 percent certain. There's a chance I tweeted this, but you can't really quote me on that. But I still have no idea how to use Twitter. I think I retweeted something, but I'm not even sure if I did that correctly. <laughs> yeah, I think I like Twitter's. I'm sorry, I'm kind of old, and I'm trying to learn new things. And Twitter, I didn't make a Twitter until I started gaming, right? So I started streaming. I had no Twitter, <laughs> so like. Uh, I know, let's see, did I tweet about this? I can't even get to my damn homepage. Oh, yeah, my own name. Here we go. Yep. 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 I'm trying to find the tweet that I saw in order to actually track the... Was it Fifth Legion Trainer, maybe? Um, what's it what's OP common? <laughs> I think it was something yellow. Crafter? Huh? What's it East Empire Crafter? That one. Yeah. Yeah. That was uh, one of the most frustrating things to play against. I can't even... I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank on the damn friggin' card. It's I a 3 magic at 2-4, and if you summon, like, whenever you summon a creature with 5 health or more, give it plus 1, plus 1 on guard. Holy shit, That's I remember card. what it is, and it... Oh my god. I think the first time I came up against it and hated it was like in a, in a one of the old um, champion series tournaments, like free prize support, um, and it was in somebody's scout deck, and I was like, "Why is this in your scout deck?" Because it had just been introduced, but no one was really playing it, and it's so well placed in the scout deck too. There's a lot of big creatures in there that'll buff. Yeah, I think it wasn't Scout. Like, even in Popper, Scout was just the sickest deck or something. It wasn't that Ted once. Like, I, I, mean, I kind of want to make a Popper Scout deck just to see what I put in it right now. Because I'm so sad I didn't get to actually just Soltis. even just, consider just it. Soltis. Oh, Soltis is a common, right? <laughs> Do all your problems. Just put in Soltis. Soltis yeah, should be a rare, at least. Like, geez, it's a common, though. Um... I cannot believe Soltis is a common, actually, when you think about it. Even after it was supposedly nerfed to three costs, it's still an immensely powerful card. Well, I, I concur. Like, that card is something else, man. Uh, it's not even wrong for the game. It's just very powerful. I think there's just no inter- counter-interaction at the moment. So it's just like... Yeah. I mean, you can, like, say whatever you want, but that card's just simply broken in this game. It's as long as we don't have... Banish. To be honest, I don't even want to have Graveyard Hate or something like that as you have a magic to counter interaction like this, because then you just have to include multiple cards, and if you're not drawing them, everything's kind of bad either way. So, I oh would God, just so rather going. limit that card. <laughs> like, just limit it. No unique legendaries. They're unique. God damn it. They're, they can't be resurrected. You can't run around in Skyrim and just resurrect Mirak or 
Nagli or a Patronax and use it as a pawn of yourself and just like kill people with it. It's not possible. <laughs> That's terrible. Uh, okay. Crafting on the fly. Oh, I see what you're saying though. Yeah, Solitaire is. I think a banish mechanic would be nice. I guess it kind of yeah, shows. Yeah, I've seen that in card suggestions when I ever so quickly pass my gaze over the test legends Reddit. <laughs> she still passes her gaze, Craig Gazzle. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think <laughs> it's just like I don't know. It was interesting. So I guess we can like, kind of segue into like the future of like the Gauntlet. Over here, I guess it's already, already on topic. Like, I think Popper was a killer idea. It's just that <clears throat> implementation wise, it's just kind of a bummer. It's just like, oh. I cool. think it makes you stop and realize what cards are available to you at each level. Yeah. I mean, I think in the future they have to think about what kind of commons they release now, right? Like, because Soul Tear should probably mm. be a rare. If you're going to do all commons, Soul Tear seems like a really strong card. I mean, you look at, like, Corset versus Heroes of Sky in Commons, there's a stark difference. Yeah. I think just, yeah, but <laughs> I think it was kind of rambling about the gauntlet. But, yeah, this was a good talk to see the future gauntlet. I'm glad they did it. Like, I didn't care much for Popper, but down the road when they say, like, monocolored or something, uh, the, it'll pick my interest a little more. That's for sure. Yeah, I think it was actually a great idea with Papa and so on, because uh, I believe a lot of people also complained about the uh, uh, viability for new players in Gauntlets to compete. Mm. Like they said, like, look at me, I only have like one legendary, and how am I supposed to win games? And now all they need to do is like just put together a common card. But what... Like, for me, it was a little bit frustrating. It's just that you had a few card combinations which you couldn't do anything against. I mean, you already have that in competitive play, but at least in competitive play, you have the illusion that you can say, if only I built my deck correctly, or if only I put, like, include this card into it, I could have totally won that game. Or, like, if only I top-decked something. You always have this illusion, but in Papa, if somebody goes Word Wall, Word Wall, Call of Vela, you can like also just concede the game at this point. Because you never will get into any AoE clear that deals with 12-12 power. And this is just something that happened to me in my Papa runs, where just my opponent went Word Wall turn 1, Word Wall turn 2, and then call of Vela, call of Vela. And I was just uh, okay. That seems a lot of fun. Draw. That is a god draw. What? Yeah. <laughs> when you think, like, just the possibility of drawing that. That's just a feel bad draw, like, for sure. I think balancing is going to be needed for Popper now. Gonna... This is also why I don't deal with salt. I just. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I get very, very unlucky often. 
Never lucky. Yeah, that's true. I've actually seen your. Know, I'm not sure who misses allies more, you or uh, Romanesque, but me. One hundred percent. I mean, I even have a Twitch emote with an ally missing because this was the first thing that ever happened to me that I missed like twenty allies in a row in a seventy percent chance tag. Oh my goodness, that is something. <laughs> yeah. <I've... laughs> I remember this. Uh, I just remember. Yeah, I do remember. Like, I I, I didn't take a statistic of who missed all these allies missing because it's just. And the worst thing about it is it's always like game deciding. <laughs> yeah. All right. But speaking of balance, I mean, I imagine they want to do with like they added the draw lies, which if you have a certain amount of X color. Which is, I believe, for all of them, it's two of this co of the same color. You have to draw a card, and the allies themselves. I suppose I'm not. I suppose Mono Gauntlet has to come eventually. I think it's possible to yeah. So, for sure, I see that in the future. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, personally, I'd like to see. I don't know, something just spicy. I guess the next one that we're gonna see will actually be something with commons and rares together. Yeah, but nothing weird. I'm surprised Popper didn't have commons and rares to begin with. That would have probably been. Oh, but yeah, that would have been probably. Isn't there a Popper ornament series that is commons and rares? Uh, I know there was. A, I'm not sure. The Prince tournament, right? The Prince format. Well, they they called it where they had Popper and. Uh, where they had commons and rares available. I recall that. Uh, however, I'm not sure the term is still going on. But yeah, I think commons and rares would make it a little more interesting. Just to see some of the cards. Like, if I look at commons, if I separate just by commons. And I still find it funny that Scott was nominated. That made me feel good. Of <laughs> course, East Empire Crafter. No, not East Empire. East March Crusader was the card you were talking about, but... I uh, yeah, totally bowled that one up. Four That's two. close. Yeah, In four, name. Yeah. Four two draw a card. Is it? Three two. Uh, whatever. Oh, that's a rare. Huh. I don't know what card everyone's talking about. Let's get a note I'm talking about. E boot. But yeah, I think it's interesting. But uh moving on though, I guess since we're still talking about the game, uh one interesting topic. Monthly rewards. I mean, I'm not there. Daily login rewards. <laughs> they will pay you just to log into the damn game. That's kind of cool, right? Seems good. Glad they did that. That's something I know all other games doing are doing. Although this game is fairly generous, I think. Uh, adding something you know like what? that. Hmm? They're famous for it now. Like, the game is, like, we are always saying this game is generous. We were saying it before they even had drops. Right. See, it's all working out in the end. So it's an identity thing as much as it is um, trying to appeal to new players. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think they do good in that aspect of appealing to new players. I know for a fact, I kind of wish all this cool stuff was around when I first started. I mean, jeez, how easy would it have oh, been to build yeah. a deck with drops in this daily login thing? I would have been, <laughs> she said, it's pretty amazing. 
But it took me almost a year free to play, not massively grinding, and also with time off. But it wasn't until Drops, the first iteration of Drops, that I started to actually fill out my collection and be able to play, like, whatever deck I wanted to play. Because, and here is the thing, like, you guys who had full collections were kind of annoyed about, like, the random legendaries. Um, But I actually still needed to fill out my legendaries. And hilariously, now because of Heroes of Skyrim, my collection, as it stands, the smallest part, like, percentage-wise based on completion, is Epic Core Set. I'm still missing, like, half of them. <laughs> yeah. But um, my Skyrim set is, like, 90-something percent complete. That's a nice thing. And I have more legendaries than I do um, epics in the core set. As, and that is completely attributed to drops and the Skyrim release changing how rewards work. Okay. That I can definitely get behind... Uh, so I think the whole, I think Skyrim was an amazing expansion and the drops and the free systems and all of that, but I mean, like, there's no complaint about those, right? Giving people free stuff, even if mm. people want, even if people want to complain about the free stuff they get, I have no reason to say anything bad. Although it's always interesting to see people complain about drops. It's always kind of interesting. They're like, I haven't got drops in days, and like. I mean, it's free, so you're not really losing anything. It's a false I mean, I'm laughing because I get, even when I'm not streaming and I sometimes randomly get a drop, like it's 50, 50 soul gems or 50 gold, but I'm like, I do, and don't know how the API works. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just like streaming along, playing the game, and then I get a tink, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, I know no one's messaging me. <laughs> they know I'm streaming. They'll add me in chat. <laughs> and it's like, Bethesda, hi, you, congratulations, you've won. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not even playing a game, but thanks, Bethesda, love you. Yeah, it's always interesting. I'm not sure if it's still if it's a bug or intentional, but either there's a delay in when it gives you the drops or, like, sometimes I'll be watching a different game and I'm like, you get a drop. I'm like, oh, that's really generous. I wasn't even playing the game, but I appreciate it. But uh, it's always kind of interesting to me. And it's not just me. Like, I had my chat say thanks for drops to Bethesda. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, yeah, so I guess... If anybody wants to go, oh, it's streamer privilege. <laughs> streamer privilege. Sometimes I think I, I think if I open a pack on stream, it's, I get better cards than if I just do it at my, like, at my leisure. Like, if I'm just off stream, I open, I get, like, nothing but comments. But I get god packs if I do it off stream. But, all right. I I don't get God packs, and when I open shit on stream, I'm lucky if I even get a premium. Ugh, I don't get. I've gotten one God pack. When I had a God pack, I got like consecutive packs. Like I got three legendary. I wanted. I got. I cleared the arena right, and I got three packs. Each pack contained one legendary. So while not exactly a like God pack, it was like, hey, you got something out of this. But all right, well, our next topic was relaxing, but I think we kind of covered that with the salt, right? Like, 
I guess, kicking back. I'm curious to know about the source, like, the real... Because the topic is relaxing. What do you mean by actually relaxing? Like, in the game, outside of the game? Yeah, I always... What do we do with leisure time? Sexy man, what do you do with your leisure time? (laughs) Usually I go into the garden and enjoy the weather, if it's sunny. Most of the time actually works. You're just played against 10 Ram Scouts in a row. And if you like, yeah, how about taking a break? Just go outside, enjoy the weather. Maybe pick some food in the garden, tomatoes or berries or whatever. That helps. I'm so jealous. (laughs) (laughs) Please send garden. Please send garden. garden. Please send garden. (laughs) Yeah, I said garden, and it's, like, also a lot of work. Oh, really? Do you like doing it? I love doing it, Pi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I'm such a teenage boy. Um, I did not anyway. know that. I did not know you gardened. That was, that's freaking awesome. I'm so hyped on finding out this information. <laughs> We've talked for, like... Almost a year, we've been, I don't know, online pals, and I find out you have a garden today, going down in history. Yeah, I mean, I have it for a long time already. Yeah, but I found out now. Okay. <laughs> it's the fun That's fact of the day. It's Naxi Gardens. Like, you never did, like, I never knew this. This is, this is outstanding. Like, I never would have guessed this. But now that I know this information, my life has forever changed, you know? Like, it's a positive impact on my life. Thank you, Snaxy Man. Yeah. You're welcome. So what, what do you garden, though? What kind of plants? This is, this is intriguing. Actually, a lot of things, like tomatoes, cucumbers, with five different berries, which I can't name all because I don't know the English names for all of them. Uh, like then peppers, green and red ones. Um, what are the other things called? They're actually a lot of vegetables, a lot of different stuff. We have uh, grapes as well. Like, it's actually a lot. <laughs> wow, that is... I'm very impressed. Goodness. <laughs> I also know that you and Brad should talk about gardening if you have not already. Oh, you both garden. Right. Oh my goodness, you guys have great thumbs. Goodness. This is, this is fascinating. So, Pa, what do you do outside the game? Go like, I'm curious now. <laughs> do you garden as well? Um, no. Aww. I live in an, I live in the top floor of a three-story walk-up, so there's nowhere to be gardened. Although my best friend is mad into plants at the moment. Um, like so she went, she started with succulents, and now she does other stuff too. Um, and <laughs> pie by pie wait list. Uh, that's not true. Um, pie's getting fat, guys. No, I don't believe it. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so she's got, like, a huge amount of gardening stuff. She's like, you should get window, um, what, like, window trellises or whatever that, not trellises, like, baskets that I can hang over the edge of the balcony and then put plants in there. And I keep, like, 
knitting and do that, but I don't know what plants to grow. So I'm just like, can you please come with me to Bunnings, which is like <laughs> our quintessential place to go if you want to get anything handy wear, including gardening shit. And I'm just like, best friend, please come. Tell me which plants to buy and I will do it. <laughs> and and she's too busy for that because she works three jobs and she studies at uni. <laughs> So it's it's been on the cards for a while now. the The gardening goal will be realised. Wow, everyone gardens. But or in relation to that, I so I obviously I mentioned I went to the convention, Oz Comic Con, and today or yesterday, I watched a panel at the Twitch Creative Stage. Uh, which was Gilbert Amy talking about needle felting, um, which is basically grabbing, um, like, carded wool and then getting this needle, needle and stabbing it into shapes and then, like, making toys or, like, bracelets and stuff out of this fabric or fibres that have been basically shaped by stabbing them. Um and see, I've done a bunch of, like, I'm a crafty type of person and, like, can knit and sew and I used to be able to draw, but it's been a while, so probably rusty. Um, so I was, like, maybe thinking about getting into that on the, on the down low. <laughs> on the DL. My goodness. I don't know. Something something crafty. So, yeah. I'm, I'm searching for a new creative pastime. What do you do in your free time? Just gym class too. Oh man, other than gaming, we'll try to stuff out that. Uh, yes, I do do a decent amount of weightlifting. I need to go heavier into it. But uh, there's that. Other than that, I kind of like gonna go. I have to hang out with friends, of course. Like I bar hop. I don't want to say I bar hop like every single day, but here and there, I like to go out, enjoy a drink. I don't want to say I'm a connoisseur, but I do enjoy talking about, like, whiskeys, wines, rear slippers, you know, it's kind of learning about them and understanding them. My favorite drink currently is something called a Rusty Nail. Basically, what a Rusty Nail is, is three parts scotch, one part whiskey, and that's it. Sometimes over ice, sometimes not. Um, I've gone on wine tours, so I enjoy kind of, like, the, learning the brewing process of alcohol and, like, the actual... I guess you could say culture behind it. Does that make sense to anyone? Uh, mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's, uh, that's what gym class enjoys. Really into that, currently. Been, I feel like we covered the relaxing thing. I think so, too. Is that machine gun starting up again, Pi? <laughs> it's back. It's yeah, back. Australia is a dangerous place. Gotta protect yourself. I, I guess so. Jeez. I'm just hearing like, are you are you DJing? I, Wait, actually, now it's like you're DJing. Are you scratching a record, bro? Like, like dropping a mixtape or something? I don't know. Like, okay, is that better? I put it to push the talk. All right, that is better. DJ Pi has been joining us today, a little bit from Australia. Do appreciate the love there. 
as she's dropping her fresh mixtape jam with the koalas. <laughs> I'm just poking fun. Alright, I guess the final topic was going to be motivations for the game to play. Well, I know Pi, <laughs> since really doesn't play as much anymore, but when you did play, what were your motivations? Like, what, what goals were you hoping to reach? Uh, I mean, it raged on. There's nothing to do about it. This was awful. Um, yeah, uh, what your motivations or your thoughts, like, when you played, like, what drove you? So, I mean, most people know that Legends or Chess Legends was my first CCG, so I didn't have a background with Hearthstone or, ma- or Magic or any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for me, I think the thing I enjoyed most, firstly, was learning, right? Like, just learning how these games worked and how to strategize for them, and I totally am the first to admit that I haven't mastered it. I don't think any of us ever will, but I'm certainly a long way behind the rest of you. <laughs> uh, but I think what really drove me to continue playing after I you know, felt like I started to have a handle on it was having a deck that I understood and these card interactions that just were really satisfying when they went off, which is why if I could get it, a, a combo deck to work, which is quite intense in terms of, <laughs> like, strategy and skill involved. Oh, yeah, um, sure. You know, I was extraordinarily satisfied with that. But even just, you know, getting to a point, I know this is terrible, but, like, I'm looking at my deck list in front of me and it's the second one for the top of the moon. Um, but playing Token Scumwood and trying to get, like, uh, like a... Even just getting my, um, what do you call it, Divine Fervor to go off, like just getting able to draw into that but also having played well enough ahead of time so that I actually had resources on the board so they were buffed. You know, it's just like card interactions are really quite satisfying to see them play out. So that's what I was enjoying. Um, And just being able to try and like be able to maintain the momentum with that to actually win, that's where I, like, fall short. <laughs> okay. That's what you're saying. All right. And what about you, Snacksy? What's your motivation for the ladder? As one of our top finishers, consistently, what drives the Snacksy man? Uh, I simply don't have motivation anymore. <laughs> I kind of realized that currently with the path that this game is going, like for a competitive scene or more of the lack of it and no incentive to play like and finish high on ladder i simply don't do that anymore like um i used to actually finish high every single season like i had i believe eight top five finishes in a row so eight months in a row i actually did it to just like uh, to top five, but nowadays I, I'm just a casual. Like I play this game, I get to legend, just because my win rate is good enough for that. And after that, I 
don't really care what happens. Like if I get to, I don't know, if I get to top 100, top 50, top 10 or whatever. All of these ranks at the moment just don't mean anything. Because I saw, like, I don't want to call anybody in top 5 or top 10 who finished their bat or anything, but whenever I play against them and see that they're playing Ram Scouts and the little decisions that they do, they're doing it wrong, but they still win because it's Ram Scout. I kind of feel like rank at the moment is just, it's not a reflection of your skill level or anything like that. Seems arbitrary. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy. Rank 3000 and rank 1 will get the same rewards at the end of the season, you know, if you think about that. Like, exactly. Like, you know, like, and like, another thing that they noticed, actually I was talking with Donelia about it as well, um, the time where you play. Like, if you play during European times, you have an extremely hard time climbing. Not because Europeans are bad at the game or anything, but, like, the majority of players are from an A. So the majority of, like, top-ranked players are also from an A. And if you queue into somebody rank 1200 playing Ram Scout that you net decked, or against somebody in top 5 playing Ram Scout that you net decked, there's like barely any difference. Both of them can go ramp into his mage, into Green Dragon, into Nahag Leaf, into Loop Red Brahmin. Like this is this is not something where skill decides what you're gonna do because it's kind of really obvious to to do. And then you get punished for it because you queued into somebody who's rank one thousand two hundred, and when you win against him. Well, it it doesn't give you anything. If you win, you got, like, maybe a third of a rank. <laughs> then you go from rank 20 to rank 19.7, which still is 20. Like, that's that's the thing. It's, uh, I don't know, it's, it's just for <laughs> European times, it's at the moment really hard to rank up. Just because you can't decide who you queue against, and if, like, the matchmaking just says, you know what, you're already one minute in queue, how about, uh, how about, like, you queue into somebody ranked 2000 who's playing a fun deck, and then you manage to disconnect and lose the game. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I you're saying, like, you're playing, you're playing against some, <laughs> yeah, I feel you on that. Um, jeez. I think the thing is kind of punishing, like, the climb. Because right now, if you're rank, like, like, the top 100 versus somebody rank 1000, you'll lose a bunch of ranks, but if you win, you get nothing. I think it's, it's, it really sucks when you're, like, in a long grinding game, I think. Because it's almost for, like, 30 minutes for nothing. Well, if you win, it's like, well, I spent 30 minutes to not improve. If you lose, you spend 30 minutes to get dunked on. Legend seems yeah. to not mean anything. Like, anybody grinds hard enough will get the win ratio to get up there. Yeah, pretty much. I think look it's... At, look at me, for example, have made it to Legend. Totally not worthy. I'd say everyone's worthy of Legend, like, honestly. It's, like, it's nothing too insane at that. I'd say, like... Personally, I always felt like Legend. How do I put this? 
it's overhyped. <laughs> you know, I see these posts, dude, I made legend. I'm like, I don't want to upvote, but I'm certainly not going to downvote, but dude, no one cares. Like, I don't want to be a jerk about it, but let me tell you. It was you. super significant in my first and only time that I made legend, and I was like, yeah, <laughs> that's overrated, <laughs> and I haven't bothered since. <laughs> oh, it's like, oh, I bet it is. <laughs> you know, it's just like, I'm happy for people, but at the same time, like, it's like, I don't really think Legend rank is anything to really write home about. That's just my thought process on the whole thing. I personally think that it's more awesome. awesome. I mean, as somebody who actually finished a lot of times uh, what other people consider high ranked and like top 5 and 2 and whatever, it's not even an achievement in this game currently to be in top 10. Like, that's not an achievement. If you finish top 10, it just most of the time meant that you played the meta game, you got good matchups, then you got like a decent win streak, then you started camping. And that's about it. Since there's no decay, you need to wait until people pass you like actually pass you, so they need to take the risk of playing games, and if they lose one game against somebody rank 1,500, they are kind of screwed because they need to win like six times to just catch up again. And no matter how good your win rate is, like you can have ridiculous win rate, you can be the absolute best player possible in this game. If you play a deck... Eventually, you will queue into bad matchups because no deck in this game has favorable matchups against everything. And at some point, you will start losing games. And if it's like just, I don't know, because you're unlucky against a person with a very bad rank, then you're gonna lose a lot of points as well. Yeah. All I have right. a question. So. How do we, like, programmatically, what are the alternatives to this? Because I've not played other games involving a ladder. Like, how does Hearthstone do it? How do how does Gwent do it? Like, uh, what should we be considering as alternatives? Well, Gwent mixed up really well. They did the pro ladder, right? So, actually, so there's a, there's a meaning to Gwent's ladder because they added uh, this whole little... Here. They added to it, right? So they gave players uh, this incentive to play, right? Like now you have a pro ladder that you have to play. Now pro ladder has rules to it, right? Like with the pro ladder, you actually have to. Oh, I put this. Sorry, I'm a bit distracted from this game. <laughs> but yeah, with pro ladder, you actually have to kind of. Uh, play different decks, right? There's like a restriction. Like, you can't play the same deck over and over. You actually have to mix it up a bit. And to mix it up, I guess, that'd be, like, you play... You have to play each class in their pro ladder. So, basically, what that means is you're playing, you're playing each class and you gain... I'm just repeating myself. Alright, so... I know Gwent just had made it more competitive, if that makes sense. Basically, will buy allowing players to. I need this. 
competes, I guess. So I'm gonna like rope my opponent while I explain this, because I can't, I probably can't think. But basically what Gwent does, you get, you have to play four, there's five classes, I believe you have to play at least four on Pro Ladder, and you get a certain amount of points, and then those points actually go to a tournament pool. Yeah, but on it's uh, somewhat similar. I mean, you don't have a different league or anything, but what you have is you get Blizzard points, uh, which qualify you for tournaments, then depending on the rank that you finish. Also, the I believe the top player, like the number one finisher, gets a tweet from Blizzard with like a shout-out to him and so on. So they get, like, publicity as well. Currently in this game, if you finish rank 1, I mean, we do get the top 100 list. It's like... You get a, you get, you get cool, a golden I guess. star, I guess, you know? Like. Yeah, but it's like... That's about it. You finish rank 1, Legend, you get the same amount of rewards as somebody who finished rank 15,000, Legend. It's literally the same. Like there's nothing else to it, and I believe this is like somewhat kind of. I don't know. I'm just uh, missing the incentive to play ladder. There's not much incentive to play ladder. It just feels like you play for the sake of. So tell me a story. I was. I had a good question that followed on from that, and now I've forgotten because blah 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 happened in your house. <laughs> um, I was kind of thinking, like, you basically need to have a pro league and the ladder is a feeding ground into that pro league in order to make it relevant and incentivized. Something like that. I mean, the thing is, if you think about it, why do you want to be top legend at this game at the moment? Like, what's the what's the idea behind that? I guess the only reason for that is that you enjoy the game and you want to feel good about yourself. Like, that's basically the only reason you would ever go for rank 1 finish. It's like nothing else, since you literally do not get anything for it. So... I don't know. Either make the game so fun for everybody that they simply just want to play <laughs> and just, uh, I don't know. It was like that. It feels it feels so stale now. It's yeah, just, it, it, yeah, it was, really. It was yeah. a lot of fun. My first start, I that think... was my motivation. It was fun. I was having so yeah. much fun. They they ki- they killed like several deck several deck types. You guys remember Action Assassin when that was it was cheap, it was fast, it was right. fun, it was entertaining, and then several nerfs. Several nerfs just kind of put that in, like in the grave. Like that was one of my favorite archetypes, and then it got dunked on, and then uh oh, it's just like it seems like nerfs. Without buffs and like they take like some nerfs have just like killed archetypes, and it feels like that's a key issue we have to we're dealing with. Like, hmm. 
You can't really play. You can play action assassin. Like they didn't over nerf cards is what I'm saying. Maybe like instead of just like a great example. What's her name? The two and a one one nowadays. Crystal Tower Croft. Yeah, there were a lot of interesting suggestions by players that I felt were great ideas that uh, would have been more in the spirit of the game, so to speak. But what they did with her, they just kind of nerfed her to oblivion. You know, like making her a 1 1, 2 mana 1 1. I think they suggested making her an 0 2 doesn't gain health was a great idea, but instead they. Killed her. They <laughs> killed the poor girl. And that's kind of a bummer because it was a great card. Why the hell was Angolan made a 1-1? Uh, because he was just too effective, right? Because with his... He traded with something. Exactly. He didn't... He like It wasn't much of... It didn't feel like too much of a tempo loss for his effect. Like, they wanted you to feel like playing Angolan while a good card to play came the consequence. Yeah, but he was no no way more impactful than Supreme Atromancer and they left that one for a year. But Supreme Atromancer was never OP. Like they nerfed it. You think Angolin's OP? No. Reason. no. <laughs> we are getting towards an hour here, folks. But I don't think Angolin's OP. I think what he's saying is like this Angolin wasn't OP isn't OP. It's just like he was too effective. I'm getting there. Uh, he was just too good at what he did, right? Like, Anglum kind of just... Oh, I actually remember why they nerfed Anglum. Because green was the most popular and strongest color. Like, it was back then when Werbet had free HP and Gimsman had free HP and... Really? That, that uh, came the Marshall had all these... Like, Solmerist Marshall was different as well. It was like 5 Magicka, 4, 4, and reduced cost by 6 then. And Tasket was 8 Magicka. And Green was just completely busted. And they said, okay, we just need to adjust Green. And uh, they then took, like, lots of things like said okay we need to nerf this 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 and uh now we have what we have and now green is okay well green's still okay because of uh green is fine. yeah now you have now it has what's it called it has scout you pair with purple and you have a fun time so green is a green great... has purple so it's fun <laughs> Green has purple, so it's perfectly fine now and eligible to be one of the best decks in the game. Yeah, yeah. green is still alright. Like, I feel like the color itself is in a good position. It's just that the archetypes, as you already mentioned, they a lot of them are simply not viable anymore. You can't play... Like, so many... Basically, blue mid-range decks do not exist in this game anymore because they don't have a finisher. Yeah. Is is ten magicka really too much to ask though? Yes, way too much. It's uh, unplayable at the moment. Uh, already at nine magicka, Atro oh, was in too small. Agro meta, yeah. I mean, not even an aggro. Like a ten magicka Atro was too slow, or, or a nine magicka Atro was too slow against a ram scout. Because at like when you have nine magicka, they can already play Odave, Red Brahman. 
they most of the time already have board control on field lane because of Bomb Magica 6-6 creatures, Nahaglief and so on. And they can answer your Archer all of a sudden. That was not the case before. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. I think it's just... Personally, I do think... That like... doesn't sound like Atro's fault. I think that sounds like current, current conditions of just green and purple together. I guess you could say that. But I think it's... Say about one card versus, like, everything okay. else. I don't know. I think Atromancer... I don't like Atromancer, and I wanted her nerf. I'm one of the people who said that, but... They picked the worst time. It was when she, her power level had, like, sunk. In. You know, it was like, well, to- you'll never get it out at turn 9 because Tokenness will kill you. There's not as much got on the ladder anymore because she is... I just, it, it, it feels like they wanted to nerf the blue midrange decks, but... Yeah, but then they left a vacuum and that was filled by a Scout. <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes. So. <laughs> Scouts now kind of runs that. She runs the show there. But, yeah, I mean, at one point, it's kind of just a bummer to see that. Like, I, I was like, why nerf her now? <laughs> like, why nerf I her? I thought it was, it, to me, it seemed like a curveball. Yeah, people were crying out for a nerf for ages. That was not the greatest time for it. Yeah, it came out of nowhere. It was like, yeah, she's, she's sucked for a while now, folks. But, <laughs> you know, like, it's just weird to me to see them, like, pick now is the time we're gonna nerf her. Like, you had all this time to do such a thing, and now... I mean, I picture how it would have gone down if she was nerfed, you know, several months in advance and the meta had since recovered from that, and then did whatever else they did in that release. I don't know, I think the whole... I wonder if it would be different. That's what you're saying, I just feel like she didn't really need the nerf now times uh, like at all times this was not the time for the nerf I felt like she was fine before well not fine I hated her but she at least like how do I put this she didn't really need to get nerfed uh like <laughs> she seemed so I think she was finally, I don't want to say balanced, but I mean, with all the tokens, a little bit. So basically what happens, we had Scout when the come up on the first hit. Scout was really big, the Dragon Scouts. And then the mid blue curve decks appeared, and then the token decks appeared to take those on. And that's when Atromancer seemed super duper fine. And all of a sudden they're like, now that she's like not even great, they're like, no, well, uh, we'll, we'll just, uh, let's see, four... Plus 12. We have lethal here? Alright, guys. We're doing this. Wait, this is not 12. I lied. Are we one off? Sorry, folks. I'm just calculating here. Um, but yeah, it's just, they picked the worst time to nerf her. Like, I think she was... I don't want to say fine, but... She was most certainly not at her prime anymore. Give lethal, by the way. Just play Firebrand token. Trade of this. Mind. This is 4-4. Four, four. Oh, wait. 4-4. Four, four. Hit face. And, oh, this was enough, wasn't it? Yeah, it's okay. No, it's not. Oh, God. <laughs> no. I was calculating. I thought I had it. Oh, I, I, I was right the first count. What the hell happened to the second count? But that's okay. 
But yeah, I think... I don't want to talk about balance, we've covered this in previous things, but I think, yeah, motivation of the ladder is just... It's not like, I don't feel like I even play many decks now, right? Like, when I first started this game, I felt... Now I'm getting hella punished. Nope, he's not playing a dragon. Switch! Switch! Never truly punished. Yeah, I mean, that's the... That's the thing what I realized as well. Like, back then, a few months ago, basically before Skyrim, I could play, like, whatever I wanted. I could build the deck, and I would have my 75% win rate with it. No matter what I played against, like... It was okay. And now you play a fun deck, or a deck that you consider fun, and then you just get your deck checked by Ram Scout and Agro Crusader. And like, if your deck cannot beat both of these decks, or at least one of them, you cannot play it on ladder. Because it's like 70% of what you play on ladder. Yeah. I concur with that. Like, it's, uh, you'll see it. And I think that's what people complain about the ladder. Those decks somehow became so prominent that everyone's playing those mostly, and it feels punishing to play anything that they can't consistently deal with one or the other. Like, I like to play Control Monk, but haven't even bothered testing it really due to the fact. Uh, there's not many good options with Control Monk. I mean, Scout, if you run into Scout, that matchup is just so painful. Just... The thing is, why those two decks are so popular is that they are extremely uninteractive. R like, you can't interact with ramp. You can't deny your opponent ramp. Like, there's currently exactly one card in the game which does that, which is Garnock. It's a unique legendary, only available for red. Every other thing cannot interact with it at all. So, it's like... You just see, or just you just look at your opponent snowballing the game out of control without you being able to do anything. <laughs> and then there is for Crusader. Crusader can just accumulate so much damage from hand that at some point, if you stabilize the board at 16 HP or something like that, you will still die from hand. <laughs> and it's it's like also very non-interactive. And that's uh, I mean. Of course, I can understand if people want to win, they need to play the most uninteractive decks they can, because the least you interact with your opponent, the better your deck is, because then she doesn't, like, he simply can't do anything about the things that you're trying to do, and that leads to more success. But at the same time, it ruins the fun in the game, because you're just looking at your opponent while preparing to kill you, and you just sit there and say, okay, well, I guess I will die. <laughs> I guess I'll just take the L then, jeez. <laughs> like, I know what you're saying, like, yeah, it's just kind of like... I think it's just, yeah, they're, they're interactive. I mean, yeah, I've been bursted down by Crusader today. That's a lot of freaking burst. You wouldn't expect it from that deck, but it comes out of nowhere and just destroys... And scouts, well, we all know. Everyone's talking about that. Um, so Have you guys I... seen um, the Ramping into the Future article that Harrison posted on Between the Lanes? Mm, yeah. Um, I think, like, relevant to that, it's just the discussion of whether or not um, Garnang is good enough as a counter. And since it seems to be the only one that exists, like... There needs, 
I guess sort of like there is a point the article is making is that there needs to be more counters to ramp or there needs to be less ramp. Or the whole design of the ramp mechanic, basically there's no way to box in somebody's max magicka. You can only box in their available magicka. So I think the interactivity is missing. I don't know. I think I, I think the main issue with Scout was graveyard interaction, though. Um, it wasn't just a ramping aspect. I mean, it sucks when they're on, like, 15 mana and you're on, like, 9. But I think the biggest thing was just, like, soul tear into whatever they currently need. You know, multiple red Brahmins in a game feels pretty terrible. Multiple Parthenax kind of sucks. Considered that they would not have access to soul tearing and those things without ramp. Okay. Yeah, I guess... I mean, they still would not be able to soul tear. It's essential. Yeah, I see what you're saying. It would definitely slow their roll down if they couldn't just... Okay, I can agree with this. In Um, fact, the nerf to soul tear was irrelevant because ramp is so good. Like, the ability to ramp is so good. It's gone from two cost to three cost. We can still play it. It's still completely playable in a deck with ramp. I can agree with that. Um, I'll have to see. Yeah. I think it also, I mean, it, it, the nerf definitely affected it, right? It just definitely slowed them down, right? They're not able to just jump into, you know, ramp, 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 kill you. Now, I mean, because, I mean, it's, it's relevant, right? So Red Brahmin, Solitaire went from, what, 11 mana to 12 mana combo? It affects it. Like, you can, it does buy you one more turn, but... I don't think it was enough, because sure, it comes one turn later, but it's still consistent enough for them to get their uniques out, or I suspect that like whatever they need out, I guess, is the issue. For me, they're always constantly just getting whatever they currently need to fit the situation, and that's kind of a bummer. It's just like, oh, well, luckily for you, you needed this, and you got it. And now we're all left here with like these cards that just <laughs> this deck that just you play two shadow fens, you draw one, you can use it twice if need be because of solitaire. You know, it's just this weird like I don't, you get this feeling of like I'm trying to punish the scout players, but it's not really working out. It's like they just. Do their thing anyway. And that can feel kind of hopeless, I guess. And you get this strange feeling of like, I'm trying to kill them. I really am. But they're doing their damnedest to just... I mean, I think it just sucks, multiple unique legendaries. Because unique legendaries are, ba- are were balanced around the fact that they're, like, they're ultra strong, but it's okay. You typically only get one. Right? So it doesn't really matter. Because you'd only get one of them, and unless you use Brown Experiment, Brown Experiment was, we saw even saw nerfs due to the fact that um, it was a little too good. So I'd say, why does Solitaire? I mean, they did the same thing, kind of nerf. But I think Brown Experiment puts it, I don't know, it's hard to say, I guess, because it's in ramp. So yeah, I guess I was wrong. The whole ramp doesn't matter. I'm counting, you get this. You get this impossible scenario where your opponent just uh, 
is able to just constantly use, and there's no way to interact, right? Like, we're talking about interactivity. You can't... There's no graveyard banish mechanics in the game. You... And no way to, like, basically interact with your opponent's Max Magicka. You yeah. can... It's like you can barely interact with available Magicka. Barely being, you know, one card in one color. <laughs> That's the thing. There's, like, no way to stop the ramp train once it begins, I guess. It's just... Not yet. It's just like, oh, once the ramp train starts, it don't stop. And that is a problem. I think it just... Yeah. Yeah, but I think... I don't want to talk about balance. Like, I kind of just... Do a... I don't want to talk about balance too much, but I will say, yeah, currently motivation for the ladder is all-time low. Just because I guess if most people are agreeing, it's just not fun because you're not seeing a variety of decks. When I first, this kind of conclusion, when I first started playing, you know, I saw a lot of different decks. Midrange Sorcerer was, I think it's Midrange Sorcerer was just budding though, right? Like, it would just come into fruition. It was just... You were a Midrange Sorcerer man though. Because it was like, and no one else was playing it. I was like, what is this deck? What does it do? It seems so much fun. Let's try it out. And it was a blast. Oh my god. Did I just bolt him here? I just bolt face and kill him next turn? Let's see. Five. Pop a rune. But yeah, I think Action Assassin, the Green Sorcerer, Control Mage is there. You know, and it was very interesting to see. And then I even saw other mid-range decks. And... Yeah, it was just kind of a bummer to see, like, the diversity of decks just disappear. And it gets just, it gets just dunked on, you know? It just feels bad. But alright. I think we should wrap it here. I, was, I think we're good. I'm going to have to do some serious edits here for all my mumbling. <laughs> But I think Pie by Pie and Snacksy for being awesome and coherent. Through all... <laughs> With the exception of my machine gun. Yeah, the machine gun was kind of frightening, but I understand you live in Australia, and it is rather dangerous, so you got to protect yourself from the drop bears and all that. So thank you, Pie and Snacksy, for taking time out of your day. And thank you, Pie, for snacks or sacrificing your sleep. <laughs> I know the daylight saving times messed you up, and I appreciate that. You came through anyway, and Snaxy, thank you again for you know sharing your knowledge and time with us. You're welcome. All right, guys. Well, I'm going. Oh, absolutely. So I guess this is the end of the podcast. So I do thank you all for joining us as always, as we truly appreciate this. As I truly appreciate this, and I'll leave this with a question: the podcast question of the week. What is your motivation for ladder? I'll be posting this on Twitter. In fact. I'll be posting it right now. As always, I'm your host, Jim Class Hero. Thank you for coming out to the cast, and take care. <laughs>